Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our update for the week ending 9th of February 2024. In this week's Green Edge post, we're happy to announce that we've just published a new joint white paper with Ingenuity, and it's a topic close to our hearts, hearts and minds, in fact exploring how human capabilities are critical to sustainable development in the engineering sector. When we talk about human capabilities, we're talking about qualities like emotional intelligence, social skills, and cognitive abilities, which are not only relevant to the workplace, but also critical for personal development and well-being. And there's a strong argument that human capabilities are a foundation on which technical skills can be built. Now, Ingenuity, among many others, including ourselves, argue that engineering and advanced manufacturing that supports sustainability is not only a responsibility, but also a global opportunity for the UK. And if our engineering and manufacturing employers have the right skills at the right time, we can create a more productive sector at the forefront of designing, making and maintaining the solutions to society's greatest challenges, hence the white paper. Michael, we felt the paper was an important one for us to write, didn't we? We did. And in part, we've been very strongly influenced by the success and power of SOFIA, which is a competency framework for the information age. And that's now in its eighth and going into its ninth edition. Now, that's a community-owned worldwide competency framework, which is used in small and large businesses and helps drive people's understanding of how to shape their career and tack down different tracks. And we think that's a really important thing. The overarching point for us, though, is that the power of competency frameworks is to make things very overt, very transparent as to what you have to actually do to progress and develop expertise. And competency frameworks spell this out in spades. Hence, the need for us to combine our efforts and our thinking with ingenuity. And Michael, we talked to Sophia last year, didn't we? And they are uh, not averse to actually incorporating sustainability into the Sophia framework or as an adjunct to the Sophia framework, are they? Exactly. And they've got the expertise to do that. And they've got the community engaged to allow them to do that as well, to get feedback from live workplaces. And it's one of the few we we know of where there's that level of engagement on a global basis. They're certainly good at their framework, that's for sure. Now, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with our co-authors, Ingenuity, Ingenuity is dedicated to closing the skills gaps in the UK's engineering and manufacturing sectors. So when it comes to human capabilities, our friends there were particularly keen to look for a human capabilities framework that is specifically designed for engineers. And there is one such framework in particular that fits the bill. Yes, there is. Engineers Without Borders have been working away hard on this task, and they've created a framework which fits into this and dovetails nicely with the work of the Engineering Council and other professional engineering bodies. And it would be logical for them to adopt what the work's been done by EWB on this. Well, Engineers Without Borders calls its framework the Global Responsibility Competency Compass, And the Engineering Council endorsed this last year, saying this is a tool that not only complements the requirements of the UK standard for professional engineering competence and commitment, but also the Council's own guidance for the profession on sustainability and ethical principles. And the Engineering Council went on to say, we believe the tool will be a very useful resource 
both for those applying for professional registration, as well as for engineers and technicians at all levels of their career. And we recommend in the paper, both Ingenuity and ourselves, that the Engineering Council should go a stage further and incorporate the EWB framework into its qualifications and standards. That would be the natural path to take. Well, in putting the paper together, Michael, we also reviewed a number of general human capabilities frameworks, and the one we chose to start with are meta-skills. Now, meta-skills, also sometimes referred to as 21st century skills, are increasingly finding their way into the world of work through things like job descriptions, training and development programs, performance evaluations, and so on. And we know that Skills Development Scotland, SDS, are looking at meta-skills quite closely, aren't they? They are, and they've developed their own version of meta skills for their own economy, their own society. I think they see it as a core set of enabling skills that allow all people to be active in work, but active in society and to progress an independent life. And they see that being embedded across all forms of curricula, be it at school, college, university and the like. And I think that's quite an important step forward. So, our reminder that you can find this week's post with all the links to our white paper on human capabilities for sustainability, co-authored with Ingenuity, on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your usual podcasts. What else have we done this week? Oh, yeah, we posted our latest City and Guilds Green Edge podcast. We did. And that is a public podcast that brings together a series of individual ones covering retrofit and heat. And we try to pull together some of the major themes that come out from that. And I think this is quite a powerful, potent one where you're really looking at the nature of competency development around a whole range of tasks that take to move a house forward to be fully decarbonized. It feature a series of case studies in there as well, drawing on the experts that we've been lucky enough to identify. You make an interesting and slightly alarming observation right at the end of that podcast episode, which we kind of leave hanging in the air a little. And there you refer to a conversation we had recently with the head of a very capable electrical contracting firm that we know, who told us his electricians are running something like 60 to 70K a year. And he was saying that if competent older people are making good money like that, how are they going to be enticed to go into colleges to train the future generation on typical further education salaries? It kind of makes a bit of a nonsense of the DFE saying, come and join us, doesn't it? It does a little bit, but I think there's an opportunity here for the DFE to have perhaps a mini boot camp secondment program where they could actually offer and buy out people at a commercial rate for two days a week, one day a week to input to the boot camp programs that have been growing around the country. There is a way around this. I think there are people there who want to share their skills and the wonders of modern science called the internet you can actually deliver quite a lot of learning and knowledge development and also skills if you can augment it with augmented reality and virtual reality to help people acquire quite a lot of skill as well. So I think there are lots of other ways of tapping in to this quite small volume of people who've got the ability that know things but also can teach it and mentor other people. And you can find the City and Guilds Green Edge podcast on etc, etc, etc. Now, Michael, you've been hobnobbing recently with the folks at the Institute of Fiscal Studies, haven't you? 
I do hobnob with people. That's very true, Fraser. And this one was about future viewing of the economy and the constraints on the next government. Our interest here was a constraint around net zero. And we delved into their work. They're basically making the point, yes, we've made great progress, but we've made great progress on what some people would regard as the easy stuff. The next phase is going to be quite a challenge because reducing emissions from the heating of residential and commercial buildings will mean pursuing policies that impose explicit costs somewhere in the system, either to the state or you or me, and therefore we have some difficult ones to do. We've obviously seen the government push back on this a little bit, but we can't shy away from that over the coming next phase of the next five years of a government. So our concern is, does this mean we might see a slight slowing up of the release of monies? I sincerely hope not. And obviously, at the same time, not mentioned in the IFS work was the delays of the EDF nuclear power station. Now, that, for a lot of people, might be just another project delayed, but it's a project delay that's going to generate lots of electricity. The plant that's got the delay at the moment will supply electricity for 6 million homes. If that's delayed by three years, we have to find that electricity from somewhere else for that period of time. So that puts other constraints in the system. So we either have to accelerate somewhere else or reduce demand. These are big issues that need to be managed over the next few years. And just to put that into context, 6 million homes is what, 20% of the UK's housing stock, something like that? You're about right there, yes. Something about order. Hmm, that's a lot of sticks to rub together. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights. 